Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. For the next few minutes, I wanna, I'm going to talk to you from this title, Path Over Plan. Uh, you know, when we walk into our relationship with the Lord and we begin to serve Him, we understand it, uh, quickly understand that it is a radical journey of faith that he's calling us to, to live out. It's not an easy walk. It's a scary walk at times, but it is, it is quite the journey that will lead us to some amazing places if we'll allow it. And so a journey starts with one step at a time. Sometimes it's just that first step. For some of you, the first step is simply surrendering your way and your will and your life and allowing Jesus to come into your life and to become Lord of your life. He's more than just the Savior. He is the Savior, but he becomes Lord of our life, meaning we now submit to his will. And we're going to talk about that today and what that means and, and kind of how that needs to play out. But let me just give you a quick definition of, of a radical faith, if you a radical step of faith. It's the kind of, it's the kind of faith that God supports and it's, um, it's choosing to step out and fulfill God's clearly defined will at great, at a, at a great personal risk and sacrifice. You need to get that. When you begin to follow Jesus, it will come at a great risk and sacrifice. I thank God for missionaries that are going all around the world, global workers that are fulfilling the call in their life and fulfilling the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And they're willing to go to countries that just say in the name Jesus, at best, will get them kicked out of the country. At worst, they'll die right there on the streets because they've said the name. And, I, and I'm thankful for a church that supports missions and missionaries and the causes like Convoy of Hope and Project Rescue and other places. We've got to support them. But let me just tell you, we all have a call in our life and we're all called and we're going to process that. And we're all called to walk this thing out. So let's get into this, right? How many, let me ask you this question. This is always fun to see. How many here are the planners in the room? Like you plan everything out. Like you've got... Last night, you were making your list for today. Get up at such and such time. I laid out my clothes. I've got my iron. I got, right? And you got the little bubbles because you love to check them off. Like this, it's satisfying. Oh, check. Like, how many have done this? You've cre- you, you did something that wasn't on the list, so you went back and added it to the list just so you could check the bubble. I knew you were in here. Now, how many of you, like me, <laughs> You fly by the seat of your pants. You're like, well, let's see what the day's got. You're like, what's, I don't know. Come on, somebody. And some of you, like me and my wife, you're, you're probably married to each other. It's, 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 that's the way God puts us together because he knows that we need Thank God he gave me the wife that he gave me. Now, I don't know what sin she had in her life to end up with me, but I had the favor of the Lord all over me to get her. But man, she really helps me out because she's the planner. She's like, hey, did you remember to do that? Nope. No, I just, you know, uh, well, what were you going to do when you got there? I don't know. I figured it out one way or the other. I just, I, this is kind of the life I tend to live, and it stresses her out, and I just, you know, it is. And her plans stress me out sometimes, but boy, do we need each other. And listen, let me just tell you, we've been married 26 years. I appreciate her planning because it, is, it has kept us from a lot of trouble. <laughs> And I get that. But let, here's, the, here's the thing. Quite often we start when, when we're young and we start asking kids, what's, what's the first question we love to ask a kid? Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? All right, on the count of three, everybody say what you used to say. One, two, three. 
Oh, I heard astronaut. Who said that? Let's go, sister. That's what's up. I, I, listen, I remember being the kid that was like, I want to ride on the back of the garbage truck. <laughs> I, want, I want to be that dude. Like, that just looked fun. <laughs> I didn't know what it smelled like or anything. <laughs> I just wanted, like, you know, kids were like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a fireman. I want to be lawyer, doctor. You know, I mean, just all the things, all the things. I love that. And, I'm, and it's fun to ask that, and it's fun to think about things in that way. But here's what I think we tend to do is we start getting wrapped up in the destination. And then we start trying to plan our life out to accomplish the destination that we think is best for us and that we want to do. Now, again, I'm not against planning. I don't want you to, to hear that. But my question is, are the plans that we have for our life the plans that we have or the plans that the Lord has? And we got to work, we got to work this out a little bit. We got to get things. I thank the Lord for GPS now. <laughs> my, my job, as James was saying, is, is I do, I work for the Assemblies of God, West Florida Ministry Network, and, and we have 156 churches, and I travel from the, from the Suwannee River to the Pensacola line, and, and, and so I'm all the time going different places, and I've been to a lot of these places over and over, and we all know the I-10 corridor, Right? And the fastest way from point A to point B is A. <laughs> so I thank God for I-10, except for you that ride in the left lane. And you are holding traffic up. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Because, boy, I have to pray extra hard. Now, I'm just I'm not kidding, but I am kidding. Anyway. But here's what happens a lot of times is I have my, even though a lot of times I know I'm going, I, I put my GPS in because I like to keep track and make sure I'm getting there on time, such and such. But here's what happens from time to time. All of a sudden I get a notification, hey, uh, rerouting, this new route will save you five or eight minutes. I'm like, you're taking me off of I-10. I'm trying to get to Pensacola. This will not save me five or 10 minutes. This thing is so dumb. And then what ends up happening? Dadgum traffic. Who decided to flip the semi on I-10 when I'm trying to, <laughs> right? Or they're working on the road or they're painting the bridge or they're doing, I mean, just like, and I'm like, oh, I should have listened to the dumb GPS. I apologize, GPS. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it knew better because it knew something that I didn't. And I'm trivial as that may seem. That's really the way our life is with the Lord. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what you have need of before you even know what you have need of. Why do we think we know better? Why do we think we know better? Now, again, I'm not opposed to plans. I plan my route, but I have to be ready for a holy reroute whenever time comes. Plans are not bad. As a matter of fact, all throughout the Bible, we're taught and encouraged to seek counsel. We're taught to count the cost before we embark on a big project. So that's, that is using Wisdom, but often the plans that we make for us are not the plans that the Lord has for us. So I want to get into this. When you're talking about the plans the Lord has for you, what's the first scripture that tends to pop in your mind? Thank you very much. If you graduated high school in any time in the last 2,000 years, you got a card that had, if you're a Christian family, that had Jeremiah 2911 that we give to every graduate. <laughs> Now, we, we, we've all heard it, and we can probably all recite it together, but it'll be on the screen. So let's read Jeremiah 29, 11 to, together. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Whew. Praise God. 
But here's, here's what I think happens. If you'll be real with me, because like, I'm going to be real with you. Here's what I think happens when we read this together. It says, for I know, here's how it reads. For I know the plans that I have for me, says Craig. <laughs> <laughs> plans to eat good, have a beautiful wife and family, 2.5 kids. I don't know why there's always a five kid in the point five. Like, where does, why do we, I don't know. There's always that point whatever kid. I, that poor kid. Anyway. Right, we read that, certainly plans to not harm myself, certainly plans to eat good and have a great life and to get to the job so that I can make the money, that I can do all the things that I want to do. And we say, thank you, Lord, for giving me those plans. And you're going to help me do what I want to do. Uh, is he, though? Now, I know right now some of you that have been in the, the church world for a number of years have probably prayed, and you're thinking right now, but wait a minute. Doesn't the Bible say he'll give you the desires of your heart? <laughs> oh, context, where art thou? <laughs> Listen, when we're walking in the will of God, he'll absolutely give you the desires of your heart because the desires of your heart will follow the will of God. Now, I'm not saying that your plans to be a teacher are a sin. Please hear me out. But are they the plans that God has for you versus what you have for you? Or is it just because it's what you've always seen? It's what your mom was, what you do? And I get some of us go into the family business and that kind of thing. I want to break this down and get into this because God created you for a purpose. Ephesians tells us that. You were created for a purpose. Now, here's what you need to understand. Purpose is not a destination as much as it is a process. Think about that. Purpose is not a destination as much as it is a process. process. In, a, in an instant gratification world, we typically don't like the process. We want instant gratification. Hence, when we pull up to the Burger King and we order five combos and we're frustrated when they're not immediately handing it to us the moment, like, why didn't you have my five meals freshly prepared and cooked ready to hand to me in the 32 seconds it took me to pull around the corner of the building? <laughs> right? And we get frustrated. Like, what are we waiting on? Come on! Instant gratification. I want to feed my family now. I want the whole meal now. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think would taste better? The combo from Burger King with cheese and onion rings and all that. I get it. We're getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. Glory to God. Now, what would, what would taste better? The combo or, for those of you that know what it's like to walk in after work and you smell the immediate aroma of the crock pot that has been slow cooking that roast and those carrots and those potatoes and that gravy that's getting, mm, do you feel the anointing just, oh, the aroma of the Lord, the presence is so, what, what's going to be better, the, the instant meal from Burger King or Mickey D's or man, that, that crock pot, that just, oh, the roast that's just falling apart as you're just, Father, let's just pray right now. Thank you for the buffet we're all about to go partake of. <laughs> Why is it better? Because it has slow cooked all day. And it's gone through a process. The heat has increased all day. And it began to break down all the stuff. And it began to marinate together and to mix together. And the enzymes and the proteins and all those things just begin to, to come together the way God designed and ordained it. 
too. And man, then we're able to partake of a, a much better tasting meal. So, so don't get so caught up in the destination that you cut corners in the process of cultivating your character for where God is trying to lead you. Some of you in here, all of you, all of you have a gift or a talent. I need you to know that. Everyone in here, God has, when he created you for a purpose, Ephesians tells us that, right? That he created works and he created you to go and do the work. So there's, he created you with a purpose and you've got gifts and you've got talents. But what you got to understand is that talent may get you to the destination, but it's your character that will keep you at the destination. And I'm sick and tired of seeing people fall in their integrity and their character because somewhere along the way they begin to cut corners for instant gratification and tweetables and influence. And so God's trying to take you on a journey, but it's a process that's going to develop you. Don't get the cart before the horse, as we like to say. Amen. So how do we do that, Pastor? I hear what you're saying. How do we do it? Number one is simply this. You got to learn to trust his path over your plan. What do you mean? Well, let's just look at what God's word said. In Galatians chapter five, the chapter talks about having the spirit-led life. We know the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But before we get to there, let's look at what verse 16 and 17 says. Here's what he says. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not desire or gratify the desires of the flesh. What do you mean? I won't desire the, oh gosh, um, desire my plans or my desires. I got to let the spirit lead me for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh because they're in conflict with each other. That's why Paul says you'll have to crucify our flesh every day. So it's not about what I want. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's not all about you. It's about him. So that's the problem. We live in a world, though, that says it's all about you. If that's what you won't go for. If it feels good, do it. But that's, not, that's why we have to understand the spirit-led life will be a life where you're constantly in battle and in conflict with your own fleshly desires. The journey that the Lord is leading us on has to be led by the Holy Spirit, the one who knows the end from the beginning. But here's the thing you also have to understand is when the Holy Spirit leads you, he's going to lead you through some tough places. He's going to lead you down a road. He's going to lead you into some places, man, that just will make you really seriously question what, Lord? Like, why? Hello? You're going to get rerouted and, and have to go through some detours. And we start pointing our finger at him going, you did this to me. A lot of times it's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to get you out of something that you were fixing to do to yourself that's much worse. And so I need you to let me Right? So when you look at the life of Jesus, the one that we're, we follow, he gets baptized. And then what the Bible says, the Bible says that it was the Holy Spirit that led him into the wilderness. Where he fasted for 40 days. And it was in the wilderness that he was confronted with Satan. And Satan tried to tempt him in all ways. But thank Jesus that he didn't succumb to the temptations. And it was because of his knowledge of the word and being the word that he confronted every temptation with the word. Some of you are struggling to get to the destination he wants you to be because you won't take time to know the word and you're giving in to the desires of your flesh. If you will hide his word in your heart, the Bible says, then you will not sin against God. Hide his word. Let his word be a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. 
So let, if you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, you've got to know his word. His will is his word. I just need a word from the Lord. Well, open your Bible. He's got a fresh one for you today. But you've got to open the Bible and dive into it. Think about the prayer, man. We love the idea of the Lord's prayer. He leads us beside still waters to rest in green pastures. Oh, that sounds so serene. And some of you are ready to be led to your couches <laughs> right today for that holy Sunday afternoon now. But it also says what though? It also says though that he will allow you to dine at the table with your enemies. That's the spirit led life too. Now I'm not thinking about when I go to lunch today, who are the people that hate me the most? Let me send them an invite to meet me at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> the conversation would be so riveting, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, but that's the spirit-led life is that we can do that and we wouldn't have to fear it. Because we know who fights our battles and who goes before us. But here's the thing. His promise is not just to lead you to that place, but to lead you through that place. And far too often we look at difficult situations or difficult seasons no matter how long and we think, I'm stuck here. No, 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 he's, he's walking you and leading you through a process and sometimes processes take longer than others. But if you'll trust him, he's going to lead you. He's going to use his rod and his staff to correct you and to comfort you. But the spirit-led life, most exciting life you'll ever lead. Most exciting life. I look back at things in my life and I'm like, Phew. That was never on the radar, but what an amazing moment that was. Because I'm just trusting him. All right, let's continue to work this thing out. Number two, if you wanna, if you wanna have his, uh, trust his path over your plans, then here's the deal. Quit trying to outplay God. Don't try to outplay God. But it's so difficult. Because I know what I want. Let's, again, go to his word. Let's look at these two Proverbs. I, I shared this morning, if, if you, this is a, a, a great daily practice. I used to do it all the time and I got, I got off on some other reading plans. But every day of the, of the week or every day of the month, 31 days in a month, there's 31 Proverbs. So whatever the date is that day, read that proverb. Get, because this is the book of wisdom. And the Bible says if you'll ask for wisdom, he'll give it liberally. And boy, does our world need to ask for more wisdom. Heller. Some of us do too. So again, let's go to the book of wisdom then on how to do this. Proverbs 16, 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course. But the Lord establishes their steps. Amen. Steps. Steps. Faith is a radical journey. Look at Proverbs 3. You can probably quote this one with me as well. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. Hello. But, 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 but I know better. No, you don't. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways, submit to him. And if you submit to him, then he will make your paths straight. The shortest point between A and B. Straight line. If I want to get to the destination he has for me, I have to submit to him. I have to quit trying to outplan him. And I have to sit back and say, God, not my will, but thy will. And let me, let me figure out what is it that you're wanting. And if you need to reroute me, reroute me. So listen to me. Submission to his will is now the mission in life. Submission is the mission. 
Every day that we wake up, Father, thank you for another day because I wasn't promised today. Thank you for allowing me to wake up this morning. And even though I may have my to-do list, I'm asking this. And then we begin to pray. I want to crucify my flesh. Don't let me outplan you today. Don't let me try and get ahead of the, of the horse. Don't let me try and do things my way, but to do them your way. So we have to stop trusting our plans and let him order our steps. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, he promises to do this, that he will order the steps of the righteous. So if I would just wake up and say, God, I want to be, I want to be made righteous today. The shedding of your blood. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my pride. Forgive me of my flesh. I want to be your righteousness. Because if I'm in your righteousness, then you're going to order my steps. And can I just tell you, man, the destination that he's going to lead us to is far better than anything we could ever imagine. And so to do that, to do that, it leads us to this third and final point. And it's to pray one of the most radical prayers that you could pray. And it's a, it's a dangerous prayer. So I need you to hear me. It's a dangerous prayer. We have to do this. We have to learn to pray, not my will, but your will. Not my will. I know what I think I want, but Lord, if you got something better in mind, not my will, but your will. If there's a better way, not my way, your way. The Bible says this, that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His math is higher than our math. When we think of giving, we think of subtraction. (laughs) But God said, if you'll give me the tithe, if you'll allow your first fruits to come to me, then what you think is subtraction, I'm fixing to not only just give you addition, but I can make it multiplication. And it can come back to you pressed down, shaking together and running over if you'll trust my plan and my way and not yours. But that's a radical step, isn't it? That's radical, man. To take 10% of my income when I'm already struggling from paycheck to paycheck and there's never enough month in the check or enough check in the month, however you want to say it. We struggle with that. What a radical decision to say, not my will, but thy will. Look at James. This, is, this book of the Bible is a book on spiritual maturity. So when you read it, be ready to kind of get jacked up a little bit. But I think we all need to read and study. Let's look at James chapter 4. Because he, he addresses this very thing of being led by the Lord. Now listen to you who say, hey, today or tomorrow. Listen to you. Listen, planners. You little bubble checkers. <laughs> Today or tomorrow, we'll go to this city or that city and we'll spend a year there and we'll carry on business and we'll make some money. We got our plans, don't we? Verse 14, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? But you are but a mist uh, that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Your life is but a vapor. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, then we'll live to do this. Or to do that. I, I, I'm from Alabama. And the way we say it up there is, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. <laughs> then this is where we're going. And this is what we're going to do. I, I, can I just share with you, man, for a minute, this was never what I saw myself as a kid doing. Now, in middle school, I felt the call of God on my life. Didn't really know what that meant. High school, again, reminded it at a youth camp. Youth camp. I love youth camp. Again, I sensed the call of my life. Didn't really know what that meant where I was going to go what that I was be a good youth leader whatever 
I go to college on a music scholarship. I love playing saxophone. I go on a music scholarship. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just be a band director. Because I don't really know what I, I really don't know what I want to be. Well, if you're going to be a band director, you got to take speech to learn how to get up in front of people. I said, "Mm mm-mm, I don't know anybody in this room. I ain't about to get up in front of nobody and give a speech to my peers. They ain't my peers. I don't know them. And so I went and dropped that class. And the guy said, well, listen, you have to replace the hours in order to keep your scholarship. I'm like, okay. He's like, but it's okay. You can take an elective. Oh, great. I golf? Hello. That sounds fun. Ah, that one's full. Okay, what about? And it was like an art thing. or what? He goes, honestly, I'm looking at the computer. And the only class we got available is country line dancing. <laughs> so, boot scoop boogie, slap leather. I mean, whatever we got to do, I'm not doing speech. Because I don't get up in front of people. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? It's a longer story to help you understand the journey that he then began to take me on. Which after that quarter, I dropped out of school. I said, Mom, I think I'm wasting my time and your money. (laughs) And he began to take me on a journey through the world of fire and EMS. And I fell in love with it. And it broke the fear of public speaking because I wanted to teach people how to do what I know how to do now. And I went through all the instructor certifications. I had to give a speech every day in those classes. It's amazing how God says, I got you, bro. Reroute. And he took me through a process now that man has allowed me to look back and go, I love trusting the Lord because his plans are way better than my plans. His will is way better than my will. I've been able to do things and go places. I absolutely love that I get to stand up here today. Now, I'm nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs right now, but I love that I'm up here today preaching his word and doing what he told me, Craig, I've called you to do this. I'll find somebody else to do what I created you to do. I said, I'm all in. I'm all in. I don't care if it's uncomfortable for me. I just want to know that I'm following your will. Some of you need to get to that place today. I don't care if you're 15, 20, young adult or old adult, senior saints, seasoned saints. What do we call them these days? (laughs) If you have breath in your lungs, God still has plans and purpose for you. And maybe he needs to reroute some of you today to get to the destination that he's called you to. Because here's what the rest of that passage of James goes on to say. You go home and read it for yourself. He says this, that listen, we will fight. And if we fight against the spirit and what he's leading us to do, and listen only to our flesh, our desires, then here's the deal. Our destination will not be the kingdom of heaven. Because this, God said, I love you so much, I'm going to give you free will. I didn't make you a little mini robot, I'm going to control you. No, 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 I'm giving you free will. And if you want to do it your way, by all means, you have the freedom to do that. Good luck with that. But I don't think you're going to like the destination at the end of the day. Because the destination is not what happens on this side of eternity. The destination is the other side. The Bible says this, but we are but traveling through this world. We are aliens here. Remember, James said, your life is but a mist, a vapor you to stand your feet with me this morning some of you are you're doing just enough to get by you're like I'm gonna straddle the line I, I'm, if I have one foot in the world 
what God wants and then one foot over here what I want. Maybe I'm going to straddle the line. I'm going to tell you what a missionary friend of mine says. He goes, Craig, and you've probably heard a preacher say something similar. Partial obedience is total disobedience. Because God has a plan for you. And either you're going to be all in for him or you're all in for you. I don't care how you think you're rationalizing this in your head. And I'm just asking, are you willing to be all in for him? He was certainly all in for you. He gave his life on the cross. He said, I'm coming down for the broken, the lost, the hurting. And I'm all in for you. But it's up to you if you're going to be all in for me. And we got to quit just trying to live life to get by what we want. God's will is pretty explicit. God wants you to have a happy family. God wants dads to pray over their family and lead them. God wants moms to, to be mentored and learn how to raise their kids and, 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 and raise up and train up a child in the way they should go. God, God wants single adults to, to, to find success and wisdom and be encouraged to live in purity. Right? I'm saying God has, a, you don't have to pray about those things. You don't have to pray about open opportunities to serve the Lord because that's what he called us to do. Remember, our mission is submission. Not my will, but your will. And it's called the Great Commission when we read the Bible. For those of us that are in Christ, he said, now you go into all the world and make disciples. Go make disciples who will make disciples. You can't say you're a disciple of Jesus if you're not making disciples. Hello. Partial obedience is total disobedience. And so we got to be ready to go. Opportunities, what, what's there to pray about? Hey, would you be willing to go on this missions trip with us and go help reach lost people in this country of this tribe and tongue? I don't know. Let me pray about if Jesus wants me to go help win the lost. Could, could you imagine the conversation? Pastor Bo Walker, the Kidman pastor over at Generations Church, good friend of mine who helps me lead our kids' pastors. He spoke this weekend in an event we did. And he said, could you imagine how that conversation goes? Hey, God, do you really want me to take money that I've been putting back for my pleasure to go on this missions trip that's going to help reach kids and people that have never heard you? Like, is this really what your plan is for me? I mean, what do you think God's going to say? Duh! Because he said go into all the world. And that, that's played out here in our day-to-day -day life. It's played out in your job. It's played out in your family. Our life is to be lived out as living sacrifices, focused on building his kingdom and not ours. And as long as your eyes are on your kingdom, they'll never be on his kingdom. And the destination that maybe you think this is where you want to be, I promise you, at the end of the day, will lead you to a place that's going to blow your mind and realize you really missed out. The Bible says that there will be those that say, but Lord, didn't we even do these things in your name? Again, context and understanding that they weren't doing things for the Lord they were doing them for their influence to say look at what we did and the Lord is going to look at them and say depart from me for I never knew you I want your heads bowed and eyes closed Father I thank you for the word that I believe you've called for me to deliver this morning and Jesus um I believe there are those in this room this morning that haven't lived a life of submission to your plan. We come to church and we check the box off. We did our duty. We completed the task. And then we go home and we miss out on so many other steps in the journey of radical faith. 
we are just skipping so many things and we are rerouting we're rewriting our own lives because we want to make sure that we're comfortable all the time and we're missing out on things that you've got for us and our character won't be able to keep us to the destination that we think is best for us because we're messing the whole process up this morning will you let conviction come into the room and regardless of age or gender will you let us submit to your will this morning Maybe the first step of submission is, Jesus, I just need you to be Lord of my life. I surrender to you. In a moment, you're going to get an opportunity to go to the prayer corners and allow people to pray the prayer of faith with you because that needs to be step number one. It'll be, the, it'll be a radical step for you to open yourself up to allowing the Lord now to take over. But for others of you, you may need to go to that corner and say, I need you to help me pray the prayer of faith because I know God's called me to do something and it scares me to death. Yeah because it's a radical journey. But I'm telling you, his path over our plans will lead you places that you never would have thought possible. He can do imaginably more and greater than we could ever do on our own. Father, this morning, will you let conviction begin to reroute, reroute our steps. Let us become the righteousness of God. Let us seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and then all the other things according to your will then will be added you'll be added into our life will you speak to us this morning over that and lead us thank you thanks for listening if you enjoyed today's message be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at transform tlh thanks again for listening and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday have a great week